Hello, friends. Nico here from the Geek Cast Live, and you are proudly listening to the Movie Podcast Network. Hey there, Cartoon Joe here. If you like what we do, head on over to Patreon.com for special extras and crispy num-nums that you can get for just a few dollars a month. That's Patreon.com slash GeekCastLive. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or YouTube or follow us on SoundCloud. Be sure to comment, like, review, leave cynical comments, or call Nick mean names. He likes when you do that. Like books? Hate to read? Have ears? Like to listen? Well, we have a solution. Audible.com, where there's over like a million or something books that you can listen to with your ears. Go to audible.com slash geekcastlive for a nice kick in the pants. We'll do it live! It's a trap! everyone, welcome to episode 33 of season 4 of the GeekCast Live podcast. I am your host, GCR, and with me, as always, Rob Bass and Cartoon Joe. Uh, we are sans Nick tonight. Um, we Riff lost him to some down. trans, I was going to say trans-dimensional mesh. That's but... exactly what a Riff Raff concert is like. <laughs> oh, so we were I'm pretty right sure on... he actually wears trans-dimensional mesh. I can see that. It's like incredibly neon. There are actually like shades of color there that your eyes can't even see. Like for Joe, oranges and right. blues. And greens. <laughs> and greens. Oranges and greens. But yes. Not that I would color, know or anything. That would be really weird. Color blindness is such a weird thing. My dad claims to be colorblind, but that's the thing where you can claim... And, and actually, it's one of those things that if you stick with, though, like, how can you prove them wrong? That's what like, I'm how at. do we know I, this isn't right. actually Joe's most elaborate ruse? Right. I can claim to be colorblind and you can't but, all you all you can say is like, OK. That's right. it. Exactly. You can't say like bullshit. You can see blue. No, I can't. It would be the most impressive thing would be uh, back in the third grade when I went to the vision test with my dad and that's when he found out I was colorblind. That was my most impressive feat of, of pulling off this whole ruse. Oh, because you'd have to have like the like, doctor would have to be in on it. Mm -hmm. Right. That makes sense. Well, no, I just I would have had to not be able to read the numbers on the colorblindness charts. Oh, oh I get it. I, oh, so yeah, you're still faking it. So you, so you paid them off on your allowance no, I just I couldn't read the three on the orange and green charts. <laughs> I don't. I didn't have to pay anybody off. It just you just faked it. Yeah, you just, it's <laughs> like how Steve Buscemi got to go to space in that one movie about blowing up the asteroid. Deep he impact. Yeah, he just he memorized the eye chart. He didn't need glasses. I'm just I'm trying to think. Can you think of another example where? Was that gravity? I can I can make a claim, and you cannot call me on it. Hmm. Personally, or 
in general? No, I mean, just kind of in general. I'm trying to think if it's okay. the only one. Because yeah. even if, like, I mean, like, would be, like, if you move to a new school, first day of school, sophomore year, you could just say, like, yeah, well, I'm colorblind. And as long as you stuck with it, you're the colorblind kid. Right. Hmm. Could you do the same with, like, Tourette's? I bet you could. It'd be a lot harder, I think. For for many a reason, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you'd have you're, to have a You're right, though. I, I'm pretty sure there's no other situation I can, like, I can't really think of any other situation. I, I can't either. Mm. That's Being very asexual. <laughs> I, uh, uh, or, or uh, asexual. So, like, I self reproduce? No, like, like you have no sexual attraction to anyone. You just oh, have to. Oh, I thought, what am I thinking of? Like an oyster that, like, switches sex and then makes it. Oh, you're, you're, thinking, you're thinking of asexual reproduction versus think, asexual okay. orientation. Thank you. Like, I'm, uh, like, uh, and, and now yeah, like, no, I'm going to split myself in half. We have a new kid in school, Ryan, if you'd like to stand up and tell the kids um, uh, where you're from and, and something unique about yourself. Hi, I'm Ryan. Uh, just moved here from Chicago, and I, uh, I asexually reproduce. I also like chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> I'm actually a uh, a, I, a I make twins of my father. mitosis. I'm actually an finger twelve years ago, and put it in a jar of milk, and then uh, now it's an avocado tree. Now it's me. Uh, <laughs> I'm an I, avocado I tree bloomed. slash human. Do you believe any of that shit? That whole can you do you think you can put can you really put an avocado like in the Dixie cup and then like three years later have an avocado tree in your house that produces live avocados? I well, you need another tree. I think. I think, you, so it's, I think you need two. So it's like the apple trees. Yeah, I, th- I, I mean that would generally make sense. Most fruit bearing trees have to have one of the opposite sex in order to try and create fruit. Now now they wouldn't be there's no guarantee they'd be the perfect Haas avocados that you get at the grocery store because those are specifically grafted from the same uh, mother tree so that they're all, every Haas avocado you eat is a clone of every other Haas avocado you eat. It's it's an exact mm. genetic thing. Because um, otherwise you just start getting into like Targaryen-like incestuous, you know, bloodlines. Yeah, you might, and you you get, might like, get an avocado with violet eyes. Right. Mm, guys, I think you're way off there. I think you're wanting to see what you're wanting to see. No, that's your John eyes. Con. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's John Close, Connington. though. Six in one hand, a hand grenade in the other. What a great t-shirt. Yes, <laughs> it should be. That should be a, that, that should be a t-shirt. Uh, this is the first time listening to Geekcast Live. This is what you're expecting to hear every week. Ballpark. Because we well, have uh, we're we're as loose and fast as um I don't know. Heated some, molasses. Some, heated as, molasses. As, as hot syrup. <laughs> we're as uh, loose I, and fast as hot shits. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it. Jesus. <laughs> Hey, do you guys want to start a jazz band? A random, I know, but uh, yeah. All right, I've been known to play the electric triangle, so. Well, I'm thinking about picking up the tuba. Ah, ice. I really, I don't know why. 
I love the tuba. I do too, but it's like a $9,000 investment. That's true. That's true. Probably, I probably shouldn't. Hey, if I anyone out there has the, a handle on a nice used tuba for free, I bet I could get on Craigslist and get tuba for free. Oh, Although I mean, tuba sure. probably means something. I don't know, I don't how know you what would it ever, means. I don't know if you would want a free tuba, though. That just seems like it's got a lot of baggage with it. I would like to think that if I got on Craigslist and searched, like, searching for tuba, I would get, like, a dick pic from a dude wanting to know. Like, there's something, like, tubas, like, somebody Urban Dictionary tuba, and tell me what I'd be looking for on Craigslist. I, mm, Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to, but then it just sounded too too good not to. Alright, let's go. Uh it's nothing. Nothing. Oh. Oh. Only the coolest instrument known to man. Oh. Yeah. This is neat. It originated back in the late seventeen nineties when a man named Cornelius Tuba. No, tons of hot babes in his hometown. <laughs> Did you know, according a fact, according to Urban Dictionary, uh, that Hugh Hefner played the tuba? <laughs> you, well, here you go. Here's here's your weird definition you were looking for. It's it's the third one. You have successfully played the tuba when you do the following. Find a girl over 200 pounds. Have her mount you in the 69 position. Make sure her right leg lies between your shoulder and neck. Right shoulder and neck. <laughs> if she's limber, she might even be able to wrap her leg behind your back. Her other leg should be in the normal 69 position with her calf, ankle, and foot behind your back. She has now mounted you much like a person carries a tuba. Next, <laughs> blow air into her gelatinous ass until she plays you a massive musical fart. Yep. I would be don't ever Craigslist tuba for free. Unless you're into that kind of thing, in which case Yeah, unless I now now you know. No one we don't want to kink shame yet. I would say if there's one thing we don't do here, it's kink shame. (laughs) Uh sort of related, but not really. Uh did you guys hear that uh uh we're going to have a different director for Star Wars episode nine? Yeah, Yeah, how do you feel about that, Rob? Uh, it makes me nervous, and the reason why isn't because of them uh, sticking with Rian Johnson. Is it Rian? Ryan? Rain? I think it's Ryan. Ryan Johnson? Yeah. Strange, strange spelling, but all right, I'll allow it. Um, I can't be it's one like of It's like spelling Ryan with an E. Yeah, but anyway. Um, or Jeff with a G. So I'm not so much worried about that. I'm more worried about, like... Uh, and unsure about what exactly does Lucasfilm have in mind for the next two episodes. Uh, we've got, you know, the next one coming out here. Uh, and it seems like they're being kind of sticklers about this, which could be good. It could be bad. I, I, I'm I, not entirely sure. It's been a long while since Lucasfilm as a whole has put out a movie. Uh, I think the last one that they really worked on besides the last couple of Star Wars movies was... Uh, uh, the Crystal Skull, and uh, eh? I'm 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 more worried about Lucasfilm's propensity for um, changing and or firing well changing and oh. or firing directors. Yeah, that's what worried me. 
it's becoming almost like a like at a certain point like you have to look like i i don't know if you guys were old enough to watch seinfeld but i've watched a good bit seinfeld went like it was like he had a, like a million girlfriends and he always found something wrong with them and got rid of them gotcha. at a certain point jerry should have said like maybe it's a me problem mm-hmm like at a certain point, maybe Lucasfilm or or Lucas Arts or Disney needs to say like, what is it that we're doing that's making it to where we can't keep a director? So, and and I, and I doubt that they will ever look inward because they're they're the all powerful. Well, and they're they're just looking at money, too. You know. Yeah, it makes you wonder if they even really give a shit about creating a a good film. Well, it's, see, that's right. That's one of the things that makes me nervous because I've been like, uh, you know, I I run through articles about, you know, basically everything that comes out about the next Star Wars movie or the the next couple of them. Right. Uh, and one of the ones that I had been going through was talking about there being some pretty heavy hints that there being another Star Destroyer like weapon, and like I don't I don't want to see that again. Like, I, I truly don't. Like, I think I might, like, it might be to me what Phantom Menace was to so many other people, I think. If they just, like, oh, look, here's yet another Star Destroyer and Episode Eight. Like, is there so few other things that you could be doing in this, this massive galaxy with all of these fantastic characters that you've cultivated and created that you, you have to have another super weapon? I would hate to see it become so repetitive because I, I really I, think I there's a certain love. amount of, of they don't understand what it was that made Star Wars good, which is it like it's the story, right? There's almost nothing else about Star Wars that's good except for the stories. When you think about the Ridge Tridge, like the practical effects were fine. Hang on, we need to we need yep, to go back I'm and unpack, break this down I'm, really I'm, quick. I'm unpacking that because I've yeah. never heard it said. The Ridge Tridge. The Ridge Tridge. Is that what all of the cool kids say nowadays, or just the young ones? Yeah, I, I took it. I took it from a cracked After Hours. <laughs> wow, that makes sense. So, yeah, uh, I guess it is the cool kids. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry, carry on. on, carry on. <laughs> My wayward son. Early, early show <laughs> title. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. There's, it was a lot of of. Uh, the Muppets they were able to make at the time with the technology they had, and uh, even the acting is a little wooden relative to what you would expect to see in a big blockbuster film today. So a, a lot of what was good was just the the storyline and the way the plot happened. So if what you think is cool is the giant blow em up machine, I feel like you're missing out on something important. And that's what I was getting at. Yes. I it's going to be interesting. That. It's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing shakes out. And it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, if, if, if Han Solo comes out and it is. Well, actually, we're going to have episode eight before Han Solo, aren't we? We'll have episode eight this Christmas. Right. Yes. One hopes. Okay. Hmm. Well, so this is any sort of you know, new hope, Joe, or. Wait. Yeah. It is. Wait, is it is it episode nine they just fired the director for? Yes. Yes, episode okay. nine. Ep- ep- I, episode eight is is done and in the can. And episode that, eight, 
supposedly episode eight is not just a retelling of Empire from what I'm being told or what I'm seeing. I'm not being told shit. But from what I've read, it, it, it seems as to if, my sources. Right, exactly. My sources speaking into my ear. Yeah, like, well, uh, <laughs> what's that wall? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, hey, this just know, in. You know who could probably talk um, Star Wars with us for a little bit? Who's that? Uh, our, guests, our guests. You're probably right. Oh, that makes sense. We have two guests. Guests. I'm done. We have I'm just two gonna, guests tonight. You so know, what's you know what just getting me right now? I have my laptop open right on the uh, on on my computer desk, and mm-hmm. I have my desktop right next to it. And on my on like the little keyboard sliding drawer part um, is my mouse that runs my laptop. And I've been typing uh, into a, like a text box. Wondering why my keyboard is broken. <laughs> and it is, I about fucking, like I about, I, have, I about had a breakdown on fucking, on show here. Till I realized that I was typing into the keyboard of my desktop and not my laptop. That makes perfect sense. It's, happened, feel, it's happened to me before. I feel like a total dick. And you should. I do. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'd... You're welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Oh, there we have guests. Are. We have guests. Yay, guests. Oh. Hey, we were going to bring you on about five minutes from right now, but we decided to get your guys' uh, opinion on um, Star Wars, Episode 8, Episode 9, the recent director being fired, um, and whatnot. So, but before, before we do that, properly introduce yourselves to our listeners. Ladies first. Okay, well, I feel special now. <laughs> well, you, should, you should feel special. <laughs> well, I'm Annette. I am an acrobat with uh, Team Circus Duo. I'm a good friend of Alex's here. I'm also an artist and a musician. And I am super stoked to be here with you guys tonight. Excellent. Yeah, and I'm um, pumped to have you. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure uh, your listeners will remember me from last week and all the other appearances where me and Mark derailed the podcast. <laughs> right now, it's just me uh, with Annette here. This is ASAP from Wayward Raven. I, uh, I, I have to say that it, it, it pleases me where we've came since our first episode, um, where we're actually able to, um, in one week, tease the guests for the next week, and it actually fucking happens. <laughs> yeah, normally we, we arrested development, our guests. <laughs> we really do. We tell them what's going to happen, and then we do something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> so our, we were just talking about um, the big director's shakeup for uh, episode nine and what we think it means. And I guess our question to you guys is, what do you think it means? This is, I think, the second time I've heard somebody got fired off of this movie. Or, no, you know what? No, it was Han Solo. Han Solo, yeah. It was Han Solo. Still, it's a little... That is a little fishy, yeah. <laughs> I think. Unless they really care about quality. I don't know. Huh? 
Which, like, yeah, no, that that very well could be the case, and they come up with a couple of incredible game-changing movies, which I would love to see. That would be my highest hopes. Exactly. I just... I'm, I just, uh, I'm more concerned, because, like, I think now they seem to be creating a new type of Ewok for the movie. Like, the, there's these... The poshes? Porgs? Yeah, what are they? Porgs, that's what they are, the porgs. Yeah, these little dorky-looking... They're... <laughs> They're like they're like uh, uh, guinea pig pigeons. They're like guinea yes. pigeons. <laughs> they well look like, played. Like scaly versions of the penguins from Madagascar. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how I feel. I about mean, that. yeah, they look incredibly merchandisable. Definitely. Mm. Well, that's always yeah. That's what it, that's. Mouse say that's a, they look like an absolutely like an absolute money grab. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I almost bought hey. a couple of stuffed ones the other day, though. I'm not going to lie. Really? <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. You're lying. Nope. They have them at Target. Like, to, like for what? Well, they like, already have for what? Like, already? Yep, they've already oh. got them at Target. And they also have uh, Chewbacca onesies that are way too small for me. Not that I would know. <laughs> <laughs> now just just looking at it, you can tell it's too small. Right. <laughs> Honestly, if we're being real here, yes, absolutely. Just looking at it, I was like, they do not make these in my size. Or they had like a, a, a shirt that had Ray on it that said fierce, and there's no way nice. that that came anything but like even close to a men's large. Hey, why don't they? Why don't they do like the uh, like the Chewbacca onesie, right? But you know how they got like. Um, like those sweatpants for chicks where like across the butt it says like juicy or like <laughs> you know what I mean? Is, what, it they just, have... is it just Wookie noises? Is that what it says? <laughs> well, I was gonna go with like I mean, imagine me in a, like a, a nice Chewbacca thing, and on the on the ass of Chewbacca it said like feisty. Wouldn't that just be? <laughs> that would be. Oh man, that is. I mean, priceless. I know I'm mixing. I would I know own I'm mixing my so many of those. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like that would replace like all of my like not at work outfits. Anytime that I'm ever anywhere, laying at home, one of those. Going out to the bars, one of those. Going out for like Gen Con, absolutely one of those. <laughs> I was I was in the uh, um, ASAP. I was almost out in your neck of the woods over the weekend. I was uh, in the. In the Adirondacks. You say hi. Well, I mean, I was still some ways away from New York, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, I was at a rest stop on I-90, and as I'm walking out of the bathroom, walking into the bathroom is like a like a man child of sorts. He's he's definitely too old to be wearing a a one piece butterball turkey traveling costume um what and it was like and it was like a it was like a hand-me-down like you could like it wasn't like new it wasn't like he went out and bought himself like a like a hey i got a long road trip i want to be comfortable so i'm going to put this like turkey outfit on it was like it was like his dad's turkey outfit and handed down for generations i bet this i bet i bet i bet he was 16 like with the, the the dangly bit on the chin and all that shit. There was a hood part, and like it, there was a zipper that zipped up to like right under your chin, and the zipper put, to, put together two pieces of the the turkey gobbler, and <laughs> and then there was like a hood part that actually gave him like 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 the comb and everything, 
and oh, he God. looked like a, he looked like a it was a brown foghorn leghorn. Oh and, man, that's amazing! And, oh, and it went God. all it went it was a little too short for him. Like he was really really wanting to make this outfit last until he could bring it to college. Um, and he had on a pair of like big rubber masturbating shoes, like, like, uh, like <laughs> the Crocs, like that that chicken hawk from the foghorn leghorn oh, cosplay. <laughs> Yeah. What exactly makes shoes masturbating shoes? <laughs> I, Excellent I, question. I, I, don't know, I don't own a pair of Crocs, so I'm not sure. But that's just <laughs> what we call them around these parts. I don't know. If you guys don't call Crocs big rubber masturbating shoes? <laughs> no, I was picturing like Wellingtons. <laughs> although, although now I know what to call them next time I see some asshole wearing them. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, yeah. Crocs are just big rubber masturbating shoes. I think because you can wear them in the shower. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Easy to I don't know. Off. Yeah, yeah, you could just use a hose and anyway, <laughs> or just burn them. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going with this. I just that was I, I. We're talking about the one piece Chewbacca outfit, and I just I couldn't. Re I I had this vivid memory. I like because we kind of like bumped into each other, or like he was like walking in in the same place I was walking out. And we both kind of stopped. How did you stopped. not stop this dude and take a picture with him? That's what well, I, I was. Yeah, I was so I was so taken. I I stopped and was like, "What the fuck?" And then I just was like, "Well," and then I just kept walking. Like, and then I, like that was a man in a full grown. That was a, that wasn't even a man. That was like a that was a teenager in a butterball turkey suit. Uh, that's so I, there's part of me that wonders: is there somebody following him in like a hunter's outfit or something like that, <laughs> or if he was being pulled along on a leash? Because it nope. could go so many different ways. <laughs> I'm, it's I'm a ruse. Pretty, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure he was traveling with his parents, and I'm I'm pretty sure the conversation went with, like I can imagine his dad saying, "Like Bryce, you're not wearing the turkey outfit," and he said, "Like Dad, I want to wear the fucking turkey outfit." And and he said, "Like I, at one point, he, the dad just said, like whatever, wear the fucking turkey outfit." And <laughs> fuck it, get in the car. And I'm I'm car, pretty sure his name was Bryce. Because that it just seems oh, right. Totally, totally. So it's either this or full goth from the neck down and like a <laughs> unicorn hat, Dad. Right, right, exactly. Right. It's either that or lots Which is of more fandom. common actually. Yeah. Uh, I would I would imagine that is way more common. <laughs> Magnus, how do they work? <laughs> uh. You can't so anyway, that. anyway, since I've derailed the conversation way far away, we have a circus performer on the show with us, guys. We do. Just that's me. And I'm, and I'm not, ever. and I'm not making fun of that, but I have lots of questions. Okay, what do you got? Okay, there's a circus that comes through town once a year, and maybe my definition of circus is different than your definition of circus, or maybe circus is just very broad. But at my circuses, I leave very circuses. depressed. Oh no! Because because it's just um, abusing animals and sad pedophiles. <laughs> no, and, no, no. And so oh, is goodness. that so is that a circus, or First is that all, like something where do you else? where do you live that this is where <laughs> what your circuses are like? It's like the Midwest. No, it's like the tigers that get whipped and then they jump on a fucking chair and then it's like. Like llamas that run around the ring, and then it's like stars. Yeah, and then there's, but there's like very little acrobatics or anything. And there's I mean, like have a you ever been to like a, like a Cirque du Soleil show? Yes. Yeah, so that's really more along 
the realm of this. I, I, I haven't really worked. I haven't worked in like the the kind of circus where there's animals. But I will say that the people that I know that have worked in circuses with animals um, have told me that the animals are treated better than the people. <laughs> um, that they're, okay. you know, they have a lot of re regulations now and that it's not like it was in the past. Um, but I'm not going to open that big can of worms because people will freak out. But, uh, but that's what I got to say about that. That's what I've heard. And that's not, you know, that's not really the kind of, I don't really work in, um, I have done a show in a circus tent before. Uh, I was in, um, in Sleepy Hollow, uh, Circo Latino, and we got to perform in like a real deal circus tent. And it was, was honestly one of the most incredible experiences of my life. And I've done a lot of crazy stuff and really big gigs with like thousands and thousands of people. I just did um, Electric Zoo in Randall's Island. Yeah. Uh, like a huge Sorry. electronic music festival. So um, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, Not that I'm yeah, really so into that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I've done I've done those I've done those kind of things and um and they're great and they're really really fun, but it wasn't as special to me as being like under the big top because that's what I think of when I think of the circus. You know, it's like I think of like the circus tent and the swirly thing and the cotton candy and the excitement and you know people, you know, seeing these death-defying acts in front of them live in person, you know, and it's like we're also kind of disconnected and everything is over the internet and I think that it's really cool to be part of an entertainment where no, you know, this isn't an illusion. This isn't a Photoshop thing. This is real life. And this is real people that are really risking their lives to entertain you. That's fantastic. So is circus then kind of an umbrella term? Yes. Okay. So it's, yeah, there's like, there's like okay. circus where it's like the traveling, there's traveling circus or traditional circus. Um, it goes under both those names. It's kind of an umbrella term. Like and then arts. there's like, and then there's like circus arts, you know, and then there's also sideshow, which is related to circus. It's a part of circus, but it's not what I do. You know, I have a lot of friends that are amazing sideshow performers that are like incredible contortionists and, you know, all this kind of, you know, fire breathers, sword swallowers, stuff like that. That's not really the realm of the stuff that I do. It's a, it's a little bit different, but it's definitely, you know, we're all like one big family of weirdos you know <laughs> i was gonna say entertainers but weirdos, yeah. <laughs> having having met and partied with some of those people yeah <laughs> yeah memories <laughs> and then uh here in new york there's also a lot of um circus performers who mainly you know they don't do any kind of traveling shows they do a lot of events here in new york like electric zoo or corporate events or you know weddings as a matter of fact i actually did alex's wedding Yep. <laughs> and that was like one thing we, we didn't tell a lot of people either so like it was a whole surprise yeah, yeah. they were like what is happening <laughs> that is kind of i think they kind of lost their minds for a second yes, they did. <laughs> you had circus performers at your wedding yes indeed well just um you badass you. her husband no? yeah <laughs> yeah my husband <laughs> yeah so they then, put on a little show for us which was awesome <laughs> All right. So what? So what? What acts? What do you do? Are you? Or is it? Is it everything? Is it? Do you train for like the the high wire and the trapeze and like putting your head in a lion's mouth? Or is it? <laughs> well, like I said, I don't work with animals. Um, oh yeah, I, that's uh, true. Uh, but I, I have done like a lot of those things. I've done. I have done flying trapeze. I did um, static trapeze for a long time with my partner. Um, 
We do acrobalance, which is where you balance on each other's bodies. You do handstands in each other's hands. I balance my neck on his neck. If you, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to check out the video that I sent you. Yeah. But you'll get to see at the at the end of that video is like one of my craziest tricks, and it's called neck to neck. And it's literally I'm balanced using all my neck muscles, every single one of them, um, on top of my husband's neck. Yeah, you did that at the wedding. That that was insane. That's incredibly impressive. Not gonna lie, <laughs> I could not even imagine trying to do that. I didn't even know there were enough like muscles in one's neck to be able to do that. Yeah, it's like a crazy like shrug. Like basically, mm -hmm. like you're just shrugging for your life, really. <laughs> yeah, basically. Because <laughs> if you don't, you'll fall, and it's it's like your head will go straight to the ground. You know, mm -hmm. like pretty scary but it's really awesome at the same time so so how does one get started in this is it a, is it a like a background in gymnastics is it just the arts what what gets you to so, say like i want to run away with the circus so what's interesting is that back in the day that used to be it it used to be like only families only if you were born into like a family of circus people like the walendas or the graces yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and it's like I know a lot of, um, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, even seventh generation like circus royalty people, you know, that and they're all really, really awesome people. Um, and um, and that's all well and good. But that's not really where I came from. I was just a regular person. Well, sort of regular. <laughs> Slightly off but um, I was I was not an athlete of any sort. Let's put it that way. And um, and I, uh, I actually just um went to a circus school here in New York. It was the only school really at that time that had a professional program to teach people to become circus performers. It wasn't just, you know, they also have recreational classes, but they were, they were the only place at the time where you could like, you know, be part of a program where they teach you from like the ground up to become a circus performer, regardless of your age, which was a big deal because in places like in Europe and Canada and stuff like that, um, they don't necessarily do that. They actually have a cutoff of how old you can be. So I actually started doing circus when I was 30 years old. And a lot of people thought it would be kind of crazy for me to do something like that. But it was something that I was really passionate about. Me and my, my partner, who's now my husband, um, we both decided that we were just gonna go for it and do it. Um, we were friends with them and we had taken recreational classes. And then you know they said, come to, come to Circus Warehouse come see what our show is like, see what our students are doing. We have a show coming up next week. You can come for free, just come check it out. I think you're gonna really love it. So we went and we were blown away. And we were like, if this is what your students are doing, this is nuts. This is where I have to be. This is what I have to do. And, uh, and then we did it. Wow, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, let, me, let me start with, uh, near the beginning of that, you mentioned recreational classes. You can just yeah. sort of, like, instead of doing Pilates, you could go do circus exercises. Yeah, you totally can. Yeah, they'll put you in a harness and they'll fly you on a trapeze and it'll be totally safe. You know, like, they're professionals. They're, they've been doing it for a really, really long time. They have a, um, the guy that teaches over there, Miguel Caceres, is a, um, he's broken, like, world records on trapeze. You know, like, he's, like, super hardcore and old school and super sweet and awesome and knowledgeable. And he's even built a lot of the equipment there. So it's super safe. Um, and, uh, you know, they're super professional. They're very picky about who they allow to teach in their school, which is really cool. 
And, um, and it's just cool. It's just like, you know, whatever level you want to be at, if you're like a 30 year old who decides all of a sudden I'm going to drop everything and become a circus performer, or if you're just somebody who's like, I've always wanted to fly on a trapeze, you can do that. That's fantastic. It's, yeah, that it's, <laughs> I, I, I love America. I really do. <laughs> so to, to go back even further, uh, was that or the Graysons I heard back there? Like, like Dick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a Dick oh, Grayson yeah. joke. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know if anybody caught that. <laughs> just I, wanted to I make sure. That. <laughs> I was just I was letting the brilliance be brilliance. Yeah, I, I said good. I said that like the good. Walendas or the Graysons. No, I, I just <laughs> wanted to make sure that I had heard that right. Yeah, you you caught it. Okay. <laughs> so what are the like? And I'm not. Uh, I'm just. This is fascinating and new to me. So please don't think I'm poking fun in any way. No, I don't think so at all. Go what, for it. What is the, what are the career aspirations for a, a circus performer? Is it is there like a like a major leagues like you mentioned Cirque du Soleil earlier? Is that like the pinnacle? Is that just like a thing some people do? Is it owning your own recreational circus gym? I mean, what I think what, it's different for everybody. I think it's different for everybody. I mean, I have friends who've graduated from Circus Warehouse that work in Cirque du Soleil. Um, as a matter of fact, some of the teachers there are from Cirque du Soleil. You know, um, for some people, it's like, you know, some people have a passion for teaching and they want to open their own school. Some people, you know, want to travel with a traditional circus and there's all different kinds. You know, there's Big Apple Circus, which is um, coming back now this year. And, um, you know, there's Cirque du Soleil, obviously. And there's a lot of other different companies. There's circuses around the world that you can work in. It just depends on your skill level. Hmm. Or you can go, uh, I guess, Annette's route, which is uh, freelance. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a freelance circus performer. This is all I do, guys, for money, is circus. That's so, so cool. I mean, that's that's the. it sounds like the epitome of, like, I found something I like, and, um, and fuck y'all, do I'm doing it. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> actually, yeah, actually, I remember. I think the the day you uh you said yeah you you quit your day job to do circus. I was like, fuck, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so so what what skill set plays plays the most for a circus performer? And maybe it's the maybe it, the answer is going to be it depends on who you are. But is it is it like core strength, upper body strength, just incredible balance, just a, a, a lack of any sort of fear, like you're like daredevil you know I, what um it depends on your circus art okay you know there's stuff where being super fearless is really helpful um but i mean i think in general it's a it you know there's a definitely a lot of strength that you have to gain there's a lot of flexibility that you have to train which is one of the more difficult and painful things about circus um there's a determination you have to be really determined um you you have to be willing to suffer and, you know, kind of question why you're doing such crazy <laughs> shit and, um, and go for it anyway. Um, and uh, it's, it's just, you just have to kind of accept that this is the cost of doing what you love to do and just going for it. Because at the end of the day, no matter how painful it is doing splits, no matter how many calluses I get on my hands, no matter how many bruises I get or vertebrae I strain or ligaments I tear, it's still better than working at a desk. <laughs> All right. Preach. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think I can even testify that. Like, like every time I'm sitting in my little home office and I look out the window in the backyard, I'll see her and Brian just kind of like doing handstands in the backyard or juggling or fucking <laughs> <laughs> backflips or whatever the hell they're doing. I was like, God damn. <laughs> I can sure. juggle pretty well. I should join the circus. You sh- you should. Uh, <laughs> hey, juggling is a really underrated skill. I think oh, it's really? pretty amazing. It's like the amount of hand-eye coordination that's involved in being a really good juggler is pretty badass to me. Yeah, I think I remember the time you tried to show me. I was like, what the fuck? What <laughs> is this? One day. One day. I don't have so many dislocated fingers like this. <laughs> so I, only juggle, the... I only juggle chainsaws, so. Full <laughs> play. I like it. I have a friend that juggles, though. (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) So going back to the the whole freelance thing, uh, do you primarily do circuses around your area there, or have you done a lot of traveling? And if so, where are some of the places that you've traveled? Um, both. Um, I do a lot of, obviously do more local events than out of town events, but I definitely go out of town all the time. Um, I just did, I'm trying to think of the last place that I went to. I think it was, oh, it was actually North Carolina. It was Fayetteville. Um, and before that I was in, uh, Vermont for the, um, at the magic hat factory, uh, the, the brewery rather over there. Um, we did a big event there, and um, let's see, what are some of the cool places? New Orleans. Yeah. Um, um, I could only imagine that's a riot. Yeah, we do, we we fly all over the place. Sometimes it kind of it's all a blur, you know. Oh, <laughs> We've done some West Coast stuff. Um, we did something in like a like uh, where was it? Monterey, I think. Um, you know, we go all over the place. Basically, if you'll pay me money, I'll go wherever you want. You know, so that's really the bottom line. Circus mercenary, <laughs> total circus mercenary. Oh, and we have we might that's have a, our show title. That's a band name <laughs> if I've ever total heard. Circus it. mercenary is excellent. I like that. I like that, guys. You should keep it. <laughs> we we played this game over the weekend where you had to use your 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 first and last name. And then what would your, the rest of your, like, what would your band be called? Like, you know, like George Thorogood and the Destroyers or Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure, I'm pretty sure Rob Bass and the Circus Mercenaries. Yes. Is yes. exactly. Yes. It's my calling in life. For sure. It is exactly. Also, yeah, I, I heard, I heard, uh, I heard we have a musician here. Uh, I'm a DJ. I don't know if I would go that far. <laughs> <laughs> About, uh, I can I can music. like take pe- other people's music and make it sound weird. So <laughs> <laughs> it counts. You're in the same realm. I'm, I'm also a musician. Um, I'm actually starting a new band after a lengthy hiatus, which Ooh. I'm super excited about. So what do you play? I'm a singer. Excellent. So I just sing the voice box and scream <laughs> and jump around. <laughs> so more like uh, punk or metal or rock or. Uh, it's kind of like what is it? Scream. How did we used to Folk? describe it? No, no. This Wait, is a, this old? is this, oh, yeah. well, my old band they used to describe as what if Gwen Stefani grew up listening to Rob Zombie instead of ska, and Perfect. that's kind of what we sounded like. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll bite. 
Um, so it's kind of like goth, rock, metal, a little bit of industrial kind of all mixed together. Okay. Okay. I can get behind all of that. But... <laughs> yeah, those crazy shows too. <laughs> yeah. The new band is going to be heavier and darker. So Beautiful. I'm super psyched. That's, That's what I was always going for in the past. And I really feel like these new tracks that I've achieved it. So I'm super excited about them. I'm definitely about that. That's that's fantastic. Good on you. Heavier and <laughs> heavier and darker, like uh, yes, like whole like Rick and Morty season three, oh. <laughs> basically. Oh. Yes. Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. Hey, was there not a new episode this week? Uh, from what I have seen on there, they were off. No, there was not. Labor Day. Of Labor Day. Oh, okay. Mm, Labor that Day. would be my excuse Labor as Day. well. Get in the way of my entertainment. What's that about? Twenty percent <laughs> accurate as usual, Morty. <laughs> I didn't have any Game of Thrones to watch either. Like, come on. Oh yeah, that was. I know we have to wait now, and waiting ever. Going to, it's going <laughs> to kill two... me, I'm sure. Oh, you TV watches <laughs> and you're waiting. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, I'd torrent it if they had it done, but. Dude, the book or the show, Rob? I was just yes. saying. <laughs> yes, I would. I was say, which medium? Either, oh. both. I recently went through and started uh, reading some of the excerpts from, uh, from Wins, though. And let me tell you, some of those are really fucked. Like. A lot. I, I went through and read the uh, the Forsaken chapter today. I don't know if any of you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the spoilers to an absolute minimum, but it's uh, from the the damp hair's perspective. Damn. Yeah, I it know. It breaks my heart me. that that's actually how it's pronounced. Like it ruins me that that's how. It's like pronounced. it's it sucks that what it makes sense. What did you sense. think it was? Like damp fair. Damp fair. The damp fair. <laughs> their whole religion's based on water, dude. It yeah, sure no, is. Yeah, yeah and right. I thought that they had weird words, like Fjord. I just never <laughs> thought in a million years that his name would be Damp Hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, like, it's almost like... I mean, like, in context, it makes, it makes sense. I mean, you've got again, somebody whose name was Thrice Drowned. Uh, like they're, well, you they're, also got somebody named Shitmouth. So, I mean, I... Good old Shitmouth. <laughs> shitmouth and Patchface and... I mean, I get it. I just... Yep. Yeah. Just, I just wanted. I just wanted really more easy. of it. Yeah, go yeah. go ahead and, and and make fun of a guy called Dampier when his religion is basically drowning people. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm He's not making fun of it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I thought that it would have sounded better. It just. It feels better in the mouth as Dampier. But anyway, that whole chapter's fucked. Like just absolutely fucked. Like Euron is. Huh. It is that. It is, it is that's the yeah, correct title it for it. It is truly fucked. Like if if you guys want to try and dabble into some of the stuff that hasn't been released, like officially released yet, obviously for oh, ones of the, uh, sample chapters. Yeah, the sample chapters. Uh, huh. It's one that's called the Forsaken, and it is brutal. I, I've just been waiting for the book. I haven't. I know. I I, I have been too, but it's it's getting to the point where enough people were talking about it, and I. Uh, yeah, you've you've definitely intrigued me on this one. Yeah, I, uh, I would truly recommend. There, there much, were a couple of things shit in there as that I give like, you for your Greyjoy love. <laughs> they, they do kind of have my favorite slash most interesting storyline. 
I yeah no I would I would absolutely agree with it being some of my favorites and I think that this one you know only did more of that um, and uh, it, it truly fleshes out the family just a little bit more and not necessarily in the best of lights but <laughs> I mean I don't think they really put yeah. them in the best of lights in the show or anything touche touche yeah, I'm I've been spending all my time I mean because it's um. I've been reading a lot about the Nine Penny Kings, which oh, yeah. is ever ever since last week and ever since the talk about the the Black Fires and I've just been it's been really interesting to me. So I've yeah, I've I tried to about the Black Fire stuff in a long time since you had mentioned it. Yeah, it's it is definitely amongst some of my favorite in terms of the history of Westeros. Like it's it is a very gritty rebellion for secession and i think that's fantastic there's you know minimal magic with the exception of the blood raven who i uh, i respect him a lot but fuck i hate the blood raven like i <laughs> i know that is that is almost like blasphemous in many circles i i have a lot of respect for him but man i really think that the king who bore the sword should have sat the throne but you think that you got i mean you have like it was the War that knighted Tywin. It was the war that knighted mm -hmm. Barristan. It was the war that knighted the Blackfish. It was the war that knight. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it was the one that uh, bathed Ares in fire, wasn't it? That was the the first big war that he was in. Yeah, it was. I think also he was actually wasn't he squiring for? Oh God, he was squiring for somebody. Ja Jaharis? No. No, I almost want to say Tywin, but I don't. I feel like that's probably no. Wrong. He wasn't. He wasn't squaring for for Tywin. They were. Uh, uh, no, maybe they were. Maybe it I was think the that's other where way they around. first like started getting close. I know, yes. like I know that that's where they first started getting close. But I don't know if that if the relationship there is. It accurate. was also where Hoster Tully got you know in cahoots with uh, Baelish's father, which is how that whole thing came about, mm -hmm. and so it was. Uh, where yeah, it's very totally yeah, made himself a badass. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, the blackfish. <laughs> so, anyway, that's right. that's what... I'm going to refill on wine so you guys have about like 30 seconds to talk smack about me. I'll be right back. Perfect. <laughs> that bitch. She's just awful. Isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I love how she walked she like ran away cackling. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, li living where there's like, living with a superhero. I mean, supervillain. Sorry. <laughs> superhero, supervillain. Yeah, same difference. Right? The lines Tomato, blur potatoes. when you run out of storyline anyway. Yeah, that's true. Sorry you only die so, so many times I'm before actually... you live long enough to be a villain. <laughs> with all the talk of um, how we were talking about doing uh, cyberpunk conversations, um, I've been working on this little cyberpunk sketch that it's coming along really nicely go on yes um i think i'd rather show rather tell i'm gonna put that up on geek Pass live good Ooh, yes. there you go yeah. she's back i'm back Hi, the no more smack talking <laughs> we, we were we were just about done anyway so yeah. okay good 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 so i heard i heard cyberpunk and i got super excited so let's talk about some yeah, cyberpunk stuff, guys. That's a segue. Because I'm, I'm about that. <laughs> I'm about it. All right. So what kind of cyberpunk are you into? Are we talking like the old like 2077 stuff? Or 
up Shadowrun, Deus Ex. Oh my God, I love Shadowrun. I'm super mm-hmm. into Neil Stevenson. I'm super into William Gibson, of course. I have a couple of signed books from him. Um, I'm super into uh, Warren Ellis, Transmetropolitan. Um, he's actually uh, played my music on his podcast before, too, which is so dope. Nice. And uh, what else? Let's see. Actually, speaking of William Gibson, you were talking about bringing up one of those books. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I got to lend you some stuff. Hint, hint. I will. I will. This man over here has has a, a huge gap in his cyberpunk literature that I am going to fill for. Yes, this is true. <laughs> it's unacceptable that a friend of mine should not have access to these books. It's not mm-hmm. It's not right. It's just not right. Yeah, I think <laughs> once, once I discovered Shadowrun, I was like, okay, this is good. This is good. <laughs> I love Shadowrun. Oh my gosh. I I'm actually kind of upset that I've 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 read enough of the books, I've played the video games, but I never managed to get anyone together to play an actual Shadowrun um campaign. Tabletop? Yeah, exactly. There's like, a thing friend... called Roll Twenty and I can make free time. Yeah, actually I signed up for it. Um I, I tried to get uh some campaigns going and Everyone flaked out. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I got, I, you know, that was like also right around the time when I was just starting to do all the way with Raven stuff. So I was like, yeah, shit. I need time to draw now. <laughs> <laughs> so have you gone through any like, uh, um, like Neuromancer or anything along those lines? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah what I, I have here. Neuromancer um, um, in softcover. I, I've gone through three copies of. Snow Crash, okay. because they keep disappearing on me. Um, no. I've got are all. You just uh, like losing the books, or are you actually reading them while you have them? Well, in like possession? I've read them, like you know, I've read them cover to cover many times. But then, like, I'll have a friend who, uh, like, hey, can I borrow that? And they never give it back. Yeah, they never uh, give it back. Those yeah. are the worst. Or I had, actually, no, I had one. He gave it back after ten years, and then I got it got misplaced in my last move. Damn. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure I have two copies somewhere in my vast collection of books here mm-hmm. um and then so uh so since i backed a lot of the um the harebrained studios um shadowrun games i got a lot of their source books plus i torrented a significant amount of them too so you would for a while i was just literally reading source books for like inspiration or just for fun yep me too um, <laughs> i actually remember trying to explain um as technology to one of my friends, I was sorry for and former coworker, and he's just kind of sitting there, and he's a big anime nerd, and I'm explaining as technology, and he's like, "So this is what Mexico is like in this world," and he's Mexican, so he's just like he was like half offended, <laughs> like that's what we go back to, <laughs> and it's just like what the I'm like yeah, dude, that's, that's, that's human sacrifices and technology and dragons <laughs> and shit. <laughs> I was like, Casual. yeah. Careful who I talk to about this in this world. <laughs> it's actually funny. The the way that I got into Shadowrun was when I was a kid. Um, I was visiting my dad in uh, Puerto Rico because my parents got divorced when I was very young, and uh, and he's like, "Oh, I have a book for you. <laughs> I I know you love to read books, so I think you'll really like this one." And it was a Shadowrun book. And I was like, what? And I was like, there was like a badass like elf mercenary chick on the cover. <laughs> and she was like in this like leather outfit and shooting some kind of like laser thing. And it was just really badass cover. And I was like, oh, yeah, 
I'm going to like this. <laughs> so I was like, there's absolutely no question. So I have to give credit to my dad. He's actually the one that got me into Shadowrun. He gave me my very first Shadowrun book. And then I went to the library and I pretty much devoured every single copy that they had. I was like on a mission. I was having other libraries send me their copies of the books that were missing <laughs> from the collection in my local library. I was like dead set on reading as many as I could. My my first my first experience with Shadowrun was the Shadowrun miniatures, um, and they nice. weren't really they weren't even really like miniatures. They were like I mean like twelve inch tall action figures, but they had a whole um, click base stats with uh, accessories that you can accessorize them with that would give nice. them different different dice to roll with. You um, could keep everything in the base of the thing. Yeah, all, all yeah. Yeah, that was my experience too. Um, nice. And, just, and uh, they did two runs of them. I think it was either six or eight action heroes, action figures per run. And I, I still have them all somewhere. I, I believe awesome. it was six, and they are badass. Lothor the Wise and G Dog. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. When I die, I want to be be uh, like taxidermied. And then be able to be put on my own click base and posed like G-Dog. Nice. That would be just the That's best thing that could possibly it's a dream. happen. It's lofty. I, I actually think I have a, a boxed, I think I have a game, an old game, uh, early 80s, that is just called Cyberpunk, that I should probably get out and see if it's all yeah. there and, and maybe do something with. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I actually played a spin-off of the um of that Cyberpunk game called Cybergen, which was like a teenage version of Cyberpunk, but it was like less um elective augmentation and like some sort of like nanovirus. And like the game you get to pick um the, the way my, my, my um game uh, game master ran it, it was like you didn't pick what your augment was. You just make a base character and then you get infected with some sort of cyber virus. And it was, like, it was crazy, like, some of the stuff that would happen to your characters. Like, you can get, like, there was, like, I think the one class was called the Tin Man, where you basically, you become, you can be, like, Colossus. And, like, your whole skin becomes, like, this organic metal. Or, um, I forgot the other, the one character I was, it was, like, I forgot the name of the class, but essentially you can, you have these, like, implants in your wrists that throw, like, um, a monofilament wire that can electrocute people. And there were other, like, you know, variations. It was, like, it was, like, more of an organic cyberpunk game. And that was, like, the closest I ever played, like, to an actual cyberpunk RPG with friends. Um, you know, but that was, it got really Is intense. Is that because like, you ran out of friends or time? Both. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, like, most uh, of the, the two game crews that I ran with, we either played Rifts or Star Wars D20. Okay. Um, those, like, big games we ran. Um, and a couple of you know, times here and there would play like swords and sorcery, stuff like D&D. But usually we would try actually my, my old GM, the, the, the friend who actually helped, you know, introduce me to Annette. Um, he, we used to, he used to like to run obscure um, RPGs. So, you know, it wasn't a lot of like, you know, D&D and Shadowrun with him. It was like stuff like Feng Shui or, you know, um, the Firefly RPG or, you know, he would like get a book. I'm like, okay, this weekend we're playing this game. So, <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, that's great. <laughs> yeah, Tim was all about. Oh, it. Tim. Like, yeah. he was all about 
just experimentation and exploring new worlds and stuff. Yeah. It was really cool. Plus, you can roll with it. Like, actually, I think that for me, um, this is probably a tangent from Shadowrun, but like my favorite game was Feng Shui because it was it was Hong Kong action RPG. Um, so it was like a little mix of like a John, it could be like a John Woo film with a drunken master kung fu character, or even like <laughs> Chinese mysticism. So in this world, I decided to play an Italian mobster based off of Joe Pesci. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and, That's amazing. And Perfect. No one of one of my melee weapons was a seventy six <laughs> charger. <laughs> it was like my, it was like a fucking steel car was my melee weapon. <laughs> Not that I was hitting people with it. It's just my character actually had enough skill to be able to drive offensively in this car. <laughs> God. Death race. <laughs> That's incredible. I, You know, we used to play... Uh, we played a lot of Merp growing up, and we played a lot of, uh, uh, like, the original... Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RPG, which was rad, and uh, that sounds rad. It, we didn't. <laughs> I mean, we we I didn't start playing like Forgotten Realms or, uh, you know, or anything that was like TSR based. Uh, and you know, that was probably the third or fourth game system I played. And uh, mad. <laughs> Yeah, I was born in the darkness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I'd get to Bane tonight. I really didn't. I just happens, man. I haven't had any. I mean, I normally have a nice glass of something alcoholic, and I normally, I, I think I, I didn't think tonight would be the night I got to Bane. <laughs> See, that seems yeah, to be part for the best. Course. Whenever we're on your show, like anytime, uh. I know I'm doing your podcast. I make sure to pour myself a drink of some sort. What are you drinking tonight? Um, well, you go first. I'm drinking some delicious uh, wine. It's called a Jam Jar, and it's like a sweet red wine. It's not too sweet, though, and it's really good. And then uh, he's drinking an old man drink. Yes, I, am. <laughs> I, um, I made myself an old-fashioned with uh, Knob Greek. Nice. Better boy. Proud, proud of you, son. <laughs> and I got the legit maraschino cherries, not not those red. No, you got like the uh, like what are they like the uh, Luxardos? I forget the, the name of the brand, but it's yeah, they they look like actual cherries. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> With uh, orange bitters. Mm. Nice. I think I'm I'm gonna start making my own bitters. I thought about that. That just seems like a lot of work. Well, I bought a, uh, I bought an infusion, like setup, so it won't be as much work. But yes, I agree with you. It's, it probably the juice probably isn't worth the squeeze, but uh, I, I really like old fashions, and yeah. I think to be able to say like, uh, like, hey, here's here's a here's a you know a, a GCR's old fashioned, and it's uh, he made those bitters, kind of nice. cool. That is dope. So, Dude. I am I am trying to sober up, which is why I'm drinking Coors Light. <laughs> Coors Light. Dude, oh, I got, I got seven bottles still uh, that you can have. This, <laughs> yeah, to you. I'm trying to trying to, to sober up. Trying to sober up. So they say to they say drink Coors Light if that's what you're trying yeah. to do. 
Yeah, that, that that is true. It depresses the shit out out of the alcohol in my system whenever I have Coors Light. <laughs> I, it I'm makes so the proud. alcohol I drink depressed. Yeah. <laughs> out of that. Accurate. I gotta need to have some angry words with my brother-in-law about leaving all this fucking Coors Light behind. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had two uh, cans. Yeah, that was a lot of Coors Light he like, left. God damn. I, I I saw him. He picked up a, like was it, I think a twelve pack or a nine. Yeah, no, it was a twelve pack. He was trying to be nice. And I was like, I'm like, dude, you know that's that's I'm not having it. That's all you, bro. That's He's all. He's like, you. nobody here is going to drink that. No nobody. one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't give this shit away. <laughs> And he's like, no, no, I'll finish it. I'm like, oh, sure, you're staying for a weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, jo- hey, Joe. Yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, I actually just finished uh, Three Fingers of Litchfield Distillery Bourbon. Ooh, good nice. stuff. Uh, their regular recipe, not their special eight-year one. Nice. Just neat in a glass or ice? Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Neat, uh, not neat. A um, little bit of water, just uh, maybe three drops of of distilled water. Just just enough to open it up. I'm enjoying a refreshing Miller Light that we had left over from a party. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's grand. Sorry, I drank all your Rolling Rock. <laughs> are, are those the same Miller Lights that were from in a uh, GCR's uh, office? <laughs> Yes. Oh. <laughs> They've been oh, there for are some you, time. Are you drinking it out of your drinking horn? Uh, I'm not, actually. I should be. Yeah, oh yeah, drinking horns, yeah. Josh got me one. I've been I've been looking for more reasons to use it. I should have done that. There's never a reason not to. This <laughs> is true. Second and thirded. So, hey... Do you guys want to go first or last in the uh, in the Geek Weekly as our guests? I leave that up to you guys. Yeah, it's up no, to you. That's, no, it's totally your choice. You can go first or last. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> Decision right. has been made. Can, can I go first? It? Yeah, please do. You never get to go first. Oh, oh come on. Both scissors? Oh, way too much alike because we just tried to rock paper scissors twice in a row and it was the same fucking result both times that has has never happened ever (laughs) madness 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 all right well fuck it i'm going first do it uh uh, death of peter parker for um ultimate spider-man i i started reading the road to and I'm all the way up to like the Miles Morales stuff. Um, I just thought it would you know be cool to find out like how did Peter Parker actually die in the oh spoilers <laughs> in the <laughs> Ultimate Universe and what this whole Mar- Miles Morales storyline was and it's it's fucking amazing. Like this is one of the few times when reading a comic where I got the feel so hard I was kind of tearing up seeing Peter Parker clutching Aunt May as he's reading his last breath, saving people. Like shit. It's dope. So yeah. is he saving is he saving people while he's being held by Aunt May or no? That's that like the right for you know. Although uh, he was telling her to get out. I think actually the creepiest thing though was after he had died, the you know, because it was him and Norman Osborn fighting each other to the death, 
And as Norman's dying, he has like this creepy grin that he he knows he killed Spider Man, which that sounds sad. about right. Yeah. Now, if there's, Norman, if there's one douche. Yeah, Nor- Norman's a dick. <laughs> no, but if there's if there's any uh, superhero that actually kind of you know I have a, an emotional connection for it, it's Spider Man. You know, being a Queens boy. Queens in the house. What? what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, in all my years, I think I've come to learn that there are not nearly enough superheroes that have hailed from St. Louis. <laughs> are there what any? Not that I yeah, can think right? of. There, if there are, there, there are absolutely not any sort of prominent. Let me tell you, you and JSK can get together and write as many as you want. Perfect. <laughs> Two people I know who like that city more than anybody in the world. I don't know if I, well, but St. Louis? anybody else. Uh-huh. Is there a superhero from St. Louis? Not I that I can know. think of. I'm sure there has to be one at least. I like, mean, we were just we were just talking about the Bronx because one of my friends, you know, like um, he's like he pointed out to me there's no superhero from the Bronx. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. There's got to be one. And I started looking around, like I couldn't find anybody. There's a couple from Queens, a shitload of Manhattan. I'm sure there's a Staten Island somewhere. <laughs> Probably an that's Italian a, guy. That's a cry shame that <laughs> yeah, there would right. be a Staten Island one. And not a Bronx one, because Staten Island barely counts as New York. Sorry. No, sorry for no. anybody from Staten Island that's listening. Like, but... Fucking even Jersey City's got a superhero, at least. No. <laughs> oh, no. Hang on. I lied. According to Marvel Wikia, there is an individual who hails from uh, St. Louis. His name is Robert Frank, also known as, and I quote, the Wizard from <laughs> Earth 616. <laughs> oh, God. The Wizard. Get that name through, you know? Like, he's got to be like a D-class fucking anything. Like, I, want him, I want his power to he's, be that he has like radioactive pee and he like does golden showers on people to fight crime. That's no, what I he's want. A, he looks like a half-assed fucking Flash. Wait, he's, he's dressed like Kid Flash and he even has the W for like Wally West. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh. though, he died, and then years after his... Oh, no, he was cloned years after mm-hmm. his death. By, of course he was. Fuck you, Zola. <laughs> Leave Origin. shitty latent, things dead. Latent mutant activated by transfusion of mongoose blood. What? <laughs> Sounds oh my God. exactly I've, right. I've heard of this guy. I, 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 oh, shit, yes. <laughs> Ridiculous. I think like Crack did a list of like the most ridiculous superheroes. That is he was one of them, stupid. and the other one was like left arm <laughs> removal guy or some shit. Like his oh, left arm removal arm. guy. Yeah. He is. Hey, he, he is a speedster arm. though. He, huh? He's a speedster. His powers are hyperspeed and adaptive physiology. So why did he get wizard? So how does that happen when you get a blood transfusion from a mongoose? They're super fast animals. Oh, it's because he was a latent mutant. You said that already. That makes yeah. sense. Why would you get a blood transfusion from a mom? I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, what, at what point in time? Because you live in St. Louis, they don't have real hospitals or human blood. I'm just better saying, use a like, fucking you, know, you, mo- even, you better import a mongoose to St. Louis as a blood transplant <laughs> rather than use another freaking species of animal. You know, like it's actually safer. Oh my god! <laughs> given the <laughs> given the opportunity, right? Exactly. Given maybe, the opportunity, I choose mongoose. I think we just came up with a new damn heroes character. <laughs> Perfect. The, the mongoose. The mongoose. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> Well, once, we got to rate back teddy bear, once, so. <laughs> yeah. 
strengths. Like, dire accident. He had to get everything else. A blood transfusion from a fucking horde of mongoose. <laughs> is, is it mongoose? Is I, it mongoose? That, I don't see. I also I say meese though so it instead has to be of mongoose. Because geese is a plural goose, so. I mean, so and and are we all in agreement here that meese is the plural of moose? No. Yes. <laughs> meese is the plural of moose. Meese no. is the plural of mice. Is it moosens? <laughs> How many? Rye? Oh wait, no, that's mouse and house. Wait. Never mind. That's mouse and house. <laughs> is it heist? So it should be, so but it's not. Thinking out about uh, a lot of anime and manga recently are any of you guys into anime or manga i've been known to dabble you've been known to dabble eh well, i mean i i don't think that anything's about... ever going to get better than the original series of berserk but oh my god i love berserk all right we're friends berserk. Well, i just wanted to touch the waters the there they're fine guts is the most badass character in pretty much the whole anything world. ever <laughs> yes I, I still that, need to find actually, that to watch it. One thing that I do like, I, have you been watching the new, like the 2016 Berserk? I, I, I haven't. I need to get back on that. I, I watched it for like the first four or five episodes, but I got really tired of like the PlayStation, like the original PlayStation style fight graphics. Yeah, the, 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 the graphics leave something to be desired, but I am just such a fucking Like, like the story's still there, and I love that of- they're... Like, of Berserk. It, it's actually really sticking very close to the original to the source manga. material, which is great. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, and it's like, the what I think is actually an impressive thing about it is the sound effects. Like, when he swings the fucking sword, and it's like this humongous sword, and it's like, whoom. Like, they have, they, they really did a good job on, like, giving gravity to, like, every time that he busts his sword out. And I love that every time he gets into a fight with people, they're just like, People are like, what's this guy going to do? And then he busts out with this humongous sword and these people's jaws literally like there's, I, I, there, I saw like a freight where they're just like, their jaws are all dropped while they're watching guts just destroy these people. They're, they're just like mowing through them, you know, and it, it's just incredible to watch. And I'm just like, you know what? These graphics aren't what I want them to be, but I'm still getting to see like in motion these images and this story that I love so much. And it's worth it to me just for that. And I don't know if there's ever been a character. I'm sure there has been actually, but I I can't think of many characters that uh, have like fans of the show so quickly turn and have a unanimous hate for them as <laughs> everyone does with Griffith. Like, oh god, I freaking hate Griffith. I so know, bad. like, like he's <laughs> oh, a he's great so character, bitch. like an amazing, oh, fantastic so character, worst. and then all of a sudden everything turns on its head, and it's like, you motherfucker. Oh, he's the worst. He's literally the worst. <laughs> Sorry, guys, had to fangirl there for a second. Continue. Yeah. Um, but um, since we were talking about superheroes, one of my favorite new anime that's ongoing right now that I'm super geeking out about is My Hero Academia. It is awesome. It's so cool. It's really interesting. And it's really cool because it's um, it's a world where, like, people are just, you know, tons of people are being born with superpowers. So they now have, like, superhero schools, basically, you know? And they also have a league of, like, supervillains, too. And, um, and it's just really cool because they come up with some super bizarre powers. They are, like, totally weird. Like every time, every episode, there's somebody with a new, like really weird mutation and power 
that's just like you're like what like that's a power and and then they actually use it in a fight and you're like oh wow like that person that i thought was gonna be totally freaking useless compared to these other dudes is actually holding his own and that's impressive you know i, I think i played this as a tabletop game at one point with tim <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, for sure, for sure. I'll bite. I haven't seen that one yet, but I'd definitely be willing to give it a go. Uh, is it's, it? Uh, so does it take itself any sort of like seriously, or is it something more along the lines of One Punch Man? Well, oh my God. first off, my hat is tipped to you because I love One Punch Man. It's also. it's truly <laughs> magnificent. <laughs> In, you know, like, that's all like, of its shameful glory, like it is. It is. It's one of those things where you're like, you read the synopsis and you're like, "There's no way this could be interesting past episode one," and then you <laughs> and then just devour <laughs> every single episode, like just binge it, you know, oh like because God. it's so funny and it's so entertaining and it's so well done, and you're like, "How did it come to this?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly you're finished with it and just like waiting for it to start getting like subs, like weekly. Yes, I'm with you. Continue. One of my favorite things to do at conventions is to fuck with cosplayers. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure we've played this game before. Oh, we have. Continue. There was. I remember seeing in Boston some dude walking around dressed as One Punch Man, but he had a full head of hair. Oh, you can't do that. So as as he's walking by, I'm like, hey, what, what happened? You stopped training, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he looked like he was gonna cry. Oh. <laughs> You monster. <laughs> I mean, monster. but how expensive is it to buy a ball cap? I mean, if or you're going to do it, just commit. Commit, shave your goddamn head. <laughs> I think that's going to be my new cosplay. <laughs> You'll have to shave the beard. <laughs> it might be worth it, actually. <laughs> I've done it for less. <laughs> so, what do you, so what have you been geeking on, Rob? Oh shit! Uh, I've been playing a lot of Stellaris recently, so I've been back on trying to uh, conquer the galaxy, and it's going well uh, for the most part. <laughs> you still got like an army of duck lizards or something? Uh, yeah, no, they're uh, they're bird people. They're genetically engineered bird people. <laughs> bird yes. persons? Yep. Bird persons. That's it's yep. That is exactly what it is. And uh, my yeah, culture, no. that is known what it, that is called a dick move. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it's been uh, it's been a lot of that today. I think uh, uh, I play it with uh, one of the guys who's in my uh, weekly D and D group, and so we've got this like shared campaign that we uh, uh, go to each other's house and uh, you know uh, do a handful of wars and things along those lines. Well, today we went through like four or five different wars, which was great, except for like one of those was like we ended up we were like in this like big like multi like empire battle right and then we're dealing with all of these other guys that are on like the other end of the galaxy so we're having to fly fleets like clear across the galaxy you know and it, that takes you know a good bit of time and so while we're off doing this and like doing relatively well all of a sudden like one of the neighbors there decides that they're going to declare so war on us and that was like initially like all right this doesn't seem like it could be so bad and then it turned out that they had like a bunch of people who were like really really into these guys right like you say jump i'll ask how high so these guys declare war 
And so all of a sudden there are like these three other empires that are like sending ships into our like into our territories, which now don't have any of our main fleet because we're clear across the galaxy. And the big empire comes in and wiped out our fleets. Our, like everything got sacked, raised, burned to the ground, planets glassed. And it was, uh, it was muy malo. So we're currently in the uh, process of fighting off three other empires now and rebuilding our armada. So it's uh, going great. It's a fun game. It's really just a blast. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, truly. So <laughs> Stellaris, that's what I've been geeking on. Nice. Um, uh, is this Joe. On Steam? Oh, it is on Steam. Yeah, uh, and they're getting ready to do. Uh, there's a new DLC dropping here, like I think the 21st of this month, something like that, uh, where you can start using and creating uh, synthetic robotic races um, and things along those lines. And uh, they've also got some really cool mods that I've been uh, toying around with. They've got this one that's uh, uh, adds a bunch of like. Um, like essentially star uh, star destroyer class ships and a lot more like uh, doomsday mega structures and super weapons with like a great variety of them too like a really really intensive variety where you can just go in and either glass planets or just blow up entire planets or the sun or just <laughs> anything it, it's truly magnificent so I uh, I'm looking forward to uh, playing around more with that and trying to create a bunch of halo rings for the betterment of the galaxy. Nice. I'm gonna have to check that out. It's Sweet. really worth it. It's really worth it. I, I need to actually get on that grind. Do it. I have it. I just I don't get it. And every every time I try to do the tutorial to help me understand what's going on, people come in and start talking to me. Ah. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, we need to just pick a day and sit down and hammer through like the first hundred years. It's okay. Absolutely worth it. But anyway, about what that. about you? What have you been uh, kicking on this week, Joe? I uh, uh, going back to the fundamentals of things. Um, I've been geeking on grammar this week. Uh, <laughs> nice. Can <laughs> you? Yeah, yeah. So for for one of my classes, I'm I'm learning how to write a thesis uh, paper, and so I'm revisiting some key points of the English language. And today on Facebook, I saw an article from April that I hadn't heard about where. Uh, a court of law in Maine ruled that the Oxford comma was necessary uh, to define exactly clearly what the law was stating. And uh, so a bunch of, of drivers of dairy trucks won $10 million of overtime pay. That's, wow. that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I think I actually so, read that article today as well. Is that the one that uh, Papa G posted? Uh, maybe I'm not friends with him, so you're missing out on life. I know that I am, but I'm a f I'm intimidated by him. Mm, but yeah, so like George like, Lucas. What? No, it's because he's he's Lord Garrett, and it just that's, I never had him as a teacher. That's absolutely fair. So, be like having the last name Snow and going and just friending Ned Stark on Facebook. That's just not a thing I could do. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, too soon. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter that he would friend me back because it's the honorable thing. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. So like in, in the main law, uh, I guess workers are entitled to uh, time and a half for any hours worked over 40. But there are exemptions for canning, processing, preserving, freezing, drying, marketing, storing, 
uh, and then packing for distrib- uh, for shipment or distribution of, and they don't have a comma between shipment and or. And so the the spirit of the law is that uh, if you if you pack or ship or distribute, you don't get overtime pay. But the letter of the law doesn't have the Oxford comma. And so it's it, it could be interpreted ambiguously as either packing for shipment or packing for distribution. And so these guys won the won the lawsuit. So <laughs> push my glasses up and readjust my pocket protector, and uh, <laughs> I just think that's really badass. <laughs> Have you ever read the book uh, "Eats, Shoots, and Leaves"? Uh, I haven't. I've thought about it. It's a great, it's really funny and entertaining. I think you'd probably really enjoy it. It's all about grammar. And uh, and on the back of the book, she's rather cheekily adding a comma to a sign that's very improperly written. You know, <laughs> so I think you'd dig it. You should definitely check it out. That's awesome. So, and actually, I just, I want to read this too. Uh, I just, I, I re- revisited my thread where I posted this and someone posted an Alan Rickman quote. Uh, when I'm 80 years old and sitting in my rocking chair, I'll be editing for the Oxford comma, and my family will say to me, after all this time, and I will say, always. Uh, <laughs> Alan Rickman. God bless him. Right? Oh, man. Pour one out for that guy. Absolutely. Anyway, Ryan, what are you geeking on this week? Betting on the ponies. <laughs> yeah? That's, yeah. That's time again. I really enjoy horse racing now. It's uh, I, I I was up in Sar- I was up well I was up in Saratoga. Um, Did you become a jockey? The, uh, no, well, I'm I'm way too big to be a jockey. Those guys are knee high to a grasshopper. You just need a bigger horse or a bigger horse. That makes sense. Um, you know, I I, I there is a, a a definite art to betting on horses. Uh, I learned a lot from some old guys that were there. Um, learned a lot from Uncle Tom, who is quite the horse uh, savant, although he's rarely correct in his uh, picking of the horses. Um, that is a that is a very 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 fun way to lose money. Um, if you've never done it, it is very cool. Um, uh, ten out of ten, we'll do again. <laughs> had a absolute but spent spent all day at this really old and I, I don't know if you New Yorkers have ever been up to Saratoga at all but there's it's just I mean it is so old and white and rich <laughs> and I mean it is it is the uh um I don't think I'm allowed around those types of people <laughs> no it is I mean it's it's, it's for it's, better it's incredibly yeah. waspy Mm, yeah, um, you might get stung, is, but it is. Um, there's just something about. I mean, there's there's a there's a. Why don't they just use more bug spray? <laughs> I don't know. It's just there's something cool about about reading the you know getting the program and actually reading the pedigrees of the horses and um, learning the terminology and then going and making a bet and then having that you know. I walked in my first bet. My Uncle Tommy just said, ah, let's put 40 on nine to win. And I, so I was like, all right, cool. And after I've never made a horse bet before. And I put 40 on number nine to win and number nine won. Um, so my 40 bucks turned into like $68 and 74 cents or something. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm thinking like, you know, right away, I'm like, oh, good. This like, if this isn't the easiest way to make a bunch of money, 
And then my next bet, I, I look, we look at the, we look at the bracket or look at the book. We're handicapping the horses. And I walk up and I put, I put like 40 on number six to win. And then uh, a $6 bet on a five, you know, on a, on a six, nine exacta box, bang, two bets. I'm going to, I'm going to make a lot of money. And then I lost all my money. Oh, <laughs> that sounds about right. And then your third bet is like, well, uh, but I got to win my money back, right? I got to at least go back to even. So you make oh, another man. bet. Now you're in a hole again. And then you win oh, just oh. enough to get, then you win. And then you're just enough close to getting even. Oh. And it's just, and you know that there's people that are out there. I mean, there's people at this horse track who are putting $50,000 bets on horses and oh, man. $75,000 bets on horses. And uh, oh. dude, did they ever have like off track betting around where you guys grew up? I, I got off. There's off track betting all around where I'm at. I've just never oh, yeah. done it. I've never been to an OTV oh, at all. I remember there was so many like OTV places in my neighborhood growing oh, yeah. up and I would just see like, the saddest people there. I think I think that's probably why I don't gamble. Just seeing that <laughs> stuff. It's true. Yeah, they oh they, they are like the saddest looking people in the world. It was it, it, it was the exact <laughs> opposite. Was the exact <laughs> opposite feeling at, at actually at the racetrack because I'm like I'm I'm with that's you. What it yeah, like, people people yeah. like dress up and everything. Yeah. And, you everybody know, like... everybody there was dressed to the nines. I mean, every yeah. woman there was was more beautiful than the one you just saw. All the guys mm -hmm. were were like good looking dudes um everybody was happy there was um you know there was a place where all, all you could get was woodford reserve um and they had and they had like 10 different cocktails you couldn't go wow. you know there was a um all the food was high-end food um and everybody was like there to see the horses and there was that and you did and then you which is awesome. Be like the difference between like baccarat and like the penny slots. Yeah. Yes. No, that's it's exactly what it's like. And it was just yeah. Yeah. being there and seeing like this this these these buildings that were built, you know, in like the 1910s, 1920s, mm -hmm. and and how old it was, and just all the old money that was there, and uh, you know, and the fact that you walk, you know, you park, you you walk in, and then you you kind of there's like a a special route you have to walk to get to the entrance. So they funnel everybody in through it. And as you're walking up, there's people playing the violin. There's a dude who's doing magic tricks, guy playing a guitar. And then um, right at the end, there was like a six topless women who were doing a Save the Titties campaign. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right before you, right before you pay your $8 to I mean, get in the race track. Like a pretty good day. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I could give my dollar bill to the guy playing the violin, or I could give my dollar bill to the eight topless women right in front of the entrance. I mean, for a good cause. And it was for a good cause. It's so, something yeah. that you really want to save. I yes. mean, yes. You know? <laughs> for better or for worse, as long as there's tits. <laughs> that, that is a motto that I live by. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm geeking on. Horse uh, <laughs> racing. Which is, which is cool. <laughs> Something I never thought I'd do. Something I never thought I'd do, and now I uh, like I can't. Problem is, like the season's about over for it, so you know I have to wait till uh, you know spring, summertime next year. To the, the the closest track to me that would be like that is uh, Keeneland um, in northern Kentucky. So, but I am definitely making a trip there, and I'm going to wear a big hat, and I'm going to. Nice. So it's going to be fun. You need to take a picture in the big hat. Yes. Maybe, see. maybe a big hat and a sundress. Oh yeah, bring it. It's a great look for you. It is a good. I wear the shit out of a sundress. 
Get rid of them dude rompers. I, I think you just you just describe what you need to wear for the uh, Gen Con meetup. <laughs> uh, we should have a we should have an old timey horse track day at the Gen Con meetup where we all dress <laughs> like old timey horse track as old timey horse track people. <laughs> I do have a time. Bob, you should cosplay Sparkles Dark Star. <laughs> oh God, I feel like that's like begging for him to find me. You could have danger ride you like, like that's a lighting that like that's lighting the sparkles beacon. <laughs> awesome. Oh man. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. This was uh, this was fun. You actually fulfilled the promise we made to listeners last week, and so Heck that yeah. is, that is entirely too cool. Where also, where I think oh, the contract I made with a witch. <laughs> <laughs> That worked out for me. <laughs> yeah, one of those. <laughs> Where can our listeners uh, find you, talk to you, hang out with you, all that jazz? Well, they know who the fuck I am. It's you that's new. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so for me, they can find me on uh, on YouTube and Facebook. It's uh, Team Circus Duo, and you'll get to see all my crazy photos and videos and stuff of performing with Steve Aoki and doing all this crazy nonsense. And um, and on uh, Instagram, it's Rainbow Blight. On Twitter, it's also Rainbow Blight. It's like Rainbow Bright, but evil, you know? <laughs> Rainbow Blight, B-L-I-G-H-T. There you go. Evil or awesome? <laughs> yes. Both. 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 <laughs> and ASAP, of course, you're at waywardraven.com. Of course, damnheroes.com, asapcondraw.com, and your local bar. And yes. you got a, and you have a Patreon. Yes, I do actually. Um, and it's uh, been collecting dust, unfortunately. Um, I've been trying to throw more stuff at it, but uh, yeah, if your listeners want to throw me a couple shekels, I'd highly appreciate it. Throw them some shekels, people. Throw them. Yeah, it's funny. Like I was, uh, one of my friends was trying to convince me to do like live drawing sessions where like I, you know, stream my drawings, and I'm like. Nobody fucking gives a shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that's your problem is that uh, no one has um, shekels. Yeah, you I've need got to some, I've got some your... like schmeckles or brothels that are laying around. But... <laughs> I'm all about the brothels. I used to have blemfarks, but their <laughs> value has changed more. to zero. So, ah, those, worthless, those worthless, those worthless blemfarks. Fucking blemfarks. Should have traded them in for as many flurbos as you could have. Oh, only I had known the market was about to crash. How could the you? Blum, the Blumflark commodities. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Well, thanks well, for coming that took on, a weird guys. Turn. That did take a weird <laughs> turn. Absolutely. Anytime you guys want me to come back, I would be more than happy to join in on the mayhem. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, consider it done. <laughs> oh my god, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> She just made. Uh, I have a needable eraser. She just made a little uh, boogeyman. Um, what the fuck is it called? What's the name of that guy from Nightmare Before Christmas? Boogie Boogie. Boogie Boogie, out of a needable eraser. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you made a Boogie Boogie out of an eraser. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's really gonna go cool. on the Facebook page. Do it. <laughs> so, do it. That's awesome. Uh, I love having talented people around me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No shit. I'm a musician, circus reformer, and I make uh, I make Tim Burton puppets out of erasers. <laughs> <laughs> Real Renaissance. Well, woman. you guys have to have me back, and then we can talk about all kinds of crazy art stuff and music stuff instead of crazy circus stuff. It'll be, mm-hmm. it'll down, be plenty down of down and down. in between, I'm sure. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Thanks for coming on, guys. Peace right. out. See you guys. Safe. Deuces. Bye. Well, that was excellent. That was really cool. I think there are going to be are there plugs? There's definitely probably plugs. there's plugs. All right. There's usually plugs. <clears throat> it's just called Two Brothers. Nico here. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Chap Snatter, and listen to our twats, especially from Rob Bass, as he will keep you up to date on all the latest and greatest going on with the show. Also, follow us on YouTube, iTunes, and RedTube. The five stars. We love you. Hello, this is Sherlock Holmes. If you can't get enough Cartoon Joe, check out him. Check him out on this this freaking show podcast on uh, Saturday mornings at eleven a.m. Get on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash geekcastlive for special content, perks, and that warm, fuzzy feeling that you're doing something awesome and helping out our podcast. We wouldn't be anywhere without you guys, and we look forward to bringing you geeky content for a long time to come.